Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. So, um, this is episode 199, and we are bringing you a few days early. I'm making this video, but this is your weekly astrology for the week of Sunday, September 25th through October 1st. And we're going to be talking um, mostly about the new moon in Libra. And um, and so, yeah, it'll, it's an exciting, wonderful week. Uh, so let's get right into it. So um, on Sunday, the 25th, we're going to have a new moon at three degrees of Libra. So um, the um, this any, when the sun goes into Libra, when we have a new moon in Libra, of course, a new moon is a new beginning. And this one is infused with the consciousness of everything Libra. So that's agreements, making uh, agreements, coming to agreements harmoniously, peacemaking, um, thinking about uh, integrating one's needs with others' needs, thinking of others, um, moving into harmony, uh, things of beauty, things of lasting beauty. It's an air sign. It's a cardinal sign. It's about change. Of course, there's the change of seasons. And, um, and beauty as, you know, if you haven't had a chance go look at the um, interview that we just did on the Libra archetype that Rachel Middleton and my my cohorts, Rachel Middleton and Lindsay Natale, um, both uh, we all collaborated on. And it's absolutely great. The girls, I just love getting together with them. We just have such great conversations. And we explore all the nuances of these archetypes. So for a really deep dive, just jump over to that one. And um I assure you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> but anyway, back to the nitty gritty of this particular new moon. So this new moon, new beginnings, and this is where seeds are planted. So on a new moon, it's not that we're jumping, you know, being like shot out of a rocket. You know, it's like the, the we don't see the moon for a few days. So it's, but it is definitely where we get seeds planted so that in a few days then it starts to germinate and we start moving forward so the real movement of a, of a new moon cycle is is usually you want to wait to like the first quarter moon before things it's like the rubber meeting the road where you really get traction but the new moon is definitely where we set our intentions and our goals and our dreams and visions and for this new moon in libra this is again about harmony about bringing beauty and agreement and um, and love, you know, and relationships and the people that matter to us and social connection and all these all of these qualities will be um, very much at the forefront. We want to look at the quality exactly this particular new moon um, because it is at three degrees of Libra. We we're going to be looking. It's also in the first decan um, of of Libra, which is. Um, moved by the moon so it has this element of caring and concern and desiring comfort and security right in the bounds of saturn so this is about getting serious and about making these commitments and agreements and being wise and mature around these topics um, after all the sun is in its fall in libra right it's like the metaphorically the sun setting is about when the light is waning, you know, in the northern hemisphere, it's literally waning. And the light waning is where we start to think about, you know, the ego is is quelled and the egoic principle of the sun, right? And, and it is now 
shifting and we're going into it, it's that balancing point where the sun and and light and day have equal number of hours so this is definitely about you know it's the metaphor for balance bringing things into balance so um venus is the domicile ruler of libra right taurus and libra so when she is in the sign of um when uh, the thing is that for this particular, let me pull this up for you guys. Um, I'm going to show you the here it is the actually the USA um, the USA chart for the new moon. Um, when uh, but as you can see here, Libra a Venus the ruling um, the hostess you could say of this lunation cycle is in Virgo, and she is not particularly happy there. Um, Venus is considered in 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 um, when Venus is in the opposite sign, uh, which is Pisces. She's exalted in Pisces, so she's considered in her fall in Virgo, which is like not an easy place for her. You know, she wants ease of connection. Virgo can be very very particular right, and breaking things down and analyzing things and being very efficient and wanting to be in service and, and work, right, and so what we can do is use this lunation, because Venus is in this particular situation, um, the, the focus for harmony and agreement is like, hey, look, it can take work, it can, it, it'll really take like having honest conversation, um, to to create these uh, harmonious agreements and change and willingness to to be practical and um, have real authentic grounded conversation. Um, the thing is that the as you can see here we have Venus and Mercury in retrograde heading toward that conjunction very uh, close. So even though Venus is not in the greatest sign for her ease. I feel, you know, Mercury in in its own domicile of Virgo is gonna is helping is helping out. So this is about having very constructive conversations for change that can bring us together, that can improve our relationships, and so that it's a good thing. Um, anyway, we're gonna talk more about the USA chart in in just a in just a bit. So let me just go back to what I wanted to share about. Um, this the qualities of this particular um, new moon. So Venus is being helped by Mercury, who is in his chariot in Virgo, protected from the rays of the sun, can do his job really well. And um, what I also like is that um, in this particular, um, there's an opposition with Jupiter, right? So there's Jupiter is retrograde in, in Aries, and it's in that opposition with this new moon. Now, the thing about that is you would think, you know, and it, usually an opposition is difficulty. It's of the nature of Saturn. But whenever Libra, whenever a Jupiter is in uh, opposition or square trine, it's like the only planet in the solar system that no matter, even if it's in a tough square aspect, it always brings some kind of positive benefit. I mean, more clearly experienced than than others so jupiter in the sign in retrograde in aries is like the desire in the last few months it's been retrograde in aries and it'll go direct i think it's going to be around thanksgiving so this is giving us an opportunity to um, really discover the big picture truth around ourselves and our sovereignty given that it's in in mars in aries uh, mars's sign you know, finding 
being establishing the truth of who we are and firmly standing in that and knowing that and this retrograde is having us reflect on these on these issues and with this new moon where it's an opportunity to um, hearing the words knit to knit together um knit and pearl beautiful right this is libra season it's got to be a beautifully knit sweater <laughs> with little pearl buttons no <laughs> anyway um so Ju uh, the Jupiter and uh, coming into that integration with the sun, it's like it's giving us this blessing of um, assisting us. It's, it's helping us find by having fruitful, productive conversations, efficient, when you think about Virgo, productive conversation um, and with others to create better, more harmonious relationships the element of standing in our truth and speaking up, speaking our truth, but doing it diplomatically, doing it where it's us and us versus others, or not even versus, not competition, but cooperation, you know, to have, speak our truth, but also to blend and integrate that with others without feeling like a doormat. Right. Um, that's the shadow side of Libra is that you can be this kind of pushover, right, that you vacillate too much or we I mean, you know, Lord knows I deal with that all the time. <laughs> so the vacillation, Libra rising um, is, um, you know, that that is definitely um, a, a shadow part of Virgo, um, of Libra to manage is that that um, sometimes we're, we, we're so careful to be to include everyone that we end up you know it's like it's not good it's 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 too much of a too much about caring for others and then we lose our center so it's a it's a very delicate balance that gets played out especially in in libra season with the new moon in libra so anyway they're in opposition with jupiter this um particular lunation also has um uh, mercury mostly Venus in a trine with Pluto. So uh, this again assists us in um, having these conversations that really can address the pain body of like say flawed or toxic family dynamics, uh, but addressing it in a very constructive, positive way and having some good come out of that, like grace, you know, and kind of a small measure of grace with Venus. If it's Jupiter, it's large grace, but hey, Venus, you know what, we'll take it. Um, this this idea. It's interesting because I just read that um, Duchess Meghan Meghan Markle um, that there as as I'm she'll probably they'll already gone back to California. But as I was making this podcast, it she said that she's um, desiring to have a one to one conversation with King Charles, her father in law, before they go back to the UK. So. Um, interesting because she asked for that and again it's a positive she talked about quote clearing the air so see this is exactly what work there is um that's available to us and these opportunities um so she's really doing that that whole new moon and libra shtick <laughs> desiring to have a positive conversation where they can just honestly look at things and not like an avergo kind of you know finger pointing way um, or a, a, you know, a critical way, but just constructive. And that's something that we can all do, especially with Pluto being in the sign of its last, last degrees of, um, of Capricorn, where it's been for, you know, 15 years, almost 15 years. Um, it's really in a place where we, um, 
it's looking at that pain body and looking at the shadow of, of like, say, you know, when you think about the royal family, dysfunctional family dynamics, right? Um, we've seen decades of that kind of behavior from them, honestly, you know, as we all know, Prince Charles, Lady Di, and onward and on. And this is about us um, giving, getting that opportunity to just, um, again, be proactive and, um, and create um, new opportunities for change. So that's Venus trying Pluto. Um, now on um, for the rest of the week, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this um, in just a moment. The rest of the week, we have a, a Wednesday and Thursday. I'm going to talk about what um, what we go into. Well, actually, you know what? Let me let me finish that this conversation now. Um, we have Mars is for this lunation. It's entering into a trine with Saturn. It will perfect on Wednesday. Um, September 28th, Mars trining Saturn, overcoming trine from Saturn. Saturn in domicile has the upper hand because it performs better because it's in its own home sign, right? Mars is in Gemini, um, but the trine is of the nature of Jupiter. So there's some, some blessing, there's assistance with um, creating these, you know, when Mars, with Mars in Gemini, it's about um, going in new directions and being bold and courageous and assertive in in con creating and generating conversations where all different aspects and points of view are um, are looked at and and embraced and explored. And Saturn in that overcoming trine is like, okay, let's make sure that those conversations have. It's going to say, let's. Let's um, bring some lasting power to this, right? This is like Saturn's always about the long haul and the legacy that we leave. Saturn in Aquarius, it's the future. Saturn's retrograde right now. So going back to the future, right? If you go into the future to see what kind of stories and narratives that, that are positive, that create a world, a, a progressive, more, more um, humanitarian world, um, then you know this is what this is what Saturn wants to do here with Mars, and so we have that um, ability and that grace that's given to us with this this trine is is affording us this opportunity to create very grounded, um, more you know seriously uh, you know conversations and idea gathering with staying power. I would say with Saturn, Saturn's always about staying. You know, it's architecture and structure and staying power. And, like that. So that's a great thing to have during this um, full moon, a uh, new moon lunation. You know, every time there's a full moon, I say it's the new moon. And every time it's the new moon, I say, crazy. Anyway, um, and I can't even blame Mercury retrograde because I think I do it even when Mercury is direct. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> All right. The rest of the week, we have um, Venus will leave its. It's, um, it's, it's fall in Virgo and will finally enter into Libra on Thursday, um, the 29th of the month. And she will stay in her home side, one of her two fabulous uh, luxury homes. <laughs> one is Taurus, the other is Libra. She will be there until October 23rd. So that's almost a month that, that Venus spends in a sign. So wonderful. Venus and domicile, she'll really um, help, you know, get going. And uh, maybe those conversations would be so efficient 
with the, you know, when she's paired with, with Mercury, the efficient conversation for healing, right? Healing and self-care. And then it'll shift more into more of a laid back, easier kind of, you know, I always think of like silk pajamas, put get, coming home from work and putting on silk pajamas and fuzzy slippers, having a cocktail or a box of chocolates. It is Venus and Libra after all. Venus rules sweets. <laughs> Ice cream, anyone? <laughs> so it'll be more of that vibe of easier um, luxury, you know, uh, the feels, beauty, you know, just really appreciating aesthetic, you know, music and, and um, dance and poetry and, and all things of, of external beauty, uh, beautiful ideas and ideals, right? It's an air sign. So it's about the intellect. It's externalized beauty. And so we have that um, bracing us till October 23rd. And the last thing I want to say about this, and then I'll go into the um, the new moon through the houses, so where this is going to be occurring in your chart. But the uh, last uh, transit that I want to talk about is that um, because this, this conversation is going through Saturday, October 1st, Saturday, October 1st is actually the final square of transiting Saturn and transiting Uranus. This has been going on and off, I'm exactly squaring last year. This year it's not exact, but it's pretty darn close. Um, where it started, oh gosh, it was in January of 2021. And we all know what happened that month. Um, as it was approaching the square, we had, of course, the capital riots, and that was an unfortunate example of what um, of this conflict. So this conflict between the past and the future, Saturn in um, in Aquarius, representing the desire for you know what needs to be structured and built to create a fair, equitable, um, inclusive, diverse um, society where everybody's heard and counted. And what we don't want is polarity and division, right? Which can happen with um, with Aquarius, the shadow side, right? Isolation. But it's about building that ideal society that includes everyone. Uranus in Taurus is shaking us up out of the comfort zone. And so there's this, this kind of square tug of war of conflict between what needs to change and what do we want to what do we want to preserve? Saturn's about preservation, but it, with Saturn in Aquarius is preservation uh, and it's bottoms up with Aquarius, right? It's like the, the populace, the, the people at large and building, um, building a powerful foundation, taking the best of the past and not like throwing out the past, like the baby with the bathwater, but to just say, okay, we have this past, let's take the best and of the lessons and the legacy that we have, and let's also marry it to the future. And looking outside of the old typical stuck ways, Uranus and Taurus is around um, breaking free of old stuck stagnant patterns that we've had certainly around our possessions, our money, our values, our self-worth, self-esteem, the environment, Mother Earth. Obviously, we've seen this very, very intensely for the last couple of years with, with um, Uranus in the sign of Taurus. Actually, it started in 2018, but especially in the last two years, it's become very exacerbated with, of course, droughts and fires and earthquakes and things, <clears throat> the California wildfires, all of that 
in a, in a very, um, you know, it, it's a very intense, you know, wake up call to, to say, okay, you know, what we, we've got to incorporate a new way of looking at things. We've got Lake Mead at these record low levels. It, they've never been this low since the Hoover Dam was built in the 1930s, which by the way, was when Uranus was last in Taurus. So you see this great cycle of ages over the decades takes about 81, 83 years for Uranus to come around in the sign of Taurus. So as you can see, uh, this is a real turning point for us. Well, it turns out that turns out that uh, the final square of Uranus and transiting Saturn, it'll come into its closest square point on Saturday, October 1st. So, um, you know, what? that's what it looks like in the collective. How you might look at that personally, what I did was I went back in my life and I looked uh, to see, you know, when, when Saturn was at this point and this degree, about 18, 19 degrees of, of Aquarius, what was going on in my life? So I could, you know, hopefully give you some, a personal perspective. And when it was, was um, back in 1993. And it, for me, I was uh, leaving, I was living in New York City. And I'd spent my entire life living in, um, in Long Island where I grew up. I went to school in the city. I lived there for like 13 years. And I got on my spiritual path and I knew, okay, um, this served me well being in the corporate world, being in the city. I loved it. I had like, you know, outrageous experiences, met people from all over the world, had great, great time, but it was time to move on. I had shifted the foundation on, in which I was living um, was no longer suitable for me. It was time for a change. It needed to match what I was seeing for my future was... Um, not what was being offered, you know, I, I outgrew it really. So Saturn ruling real estate as well, one's roots and, the, and real, literally real estate, right? I gave up my apartment, I picked myself up and I moved to Sedona and my eye was on the future. So I had to let go of a relationship that I was in. And so, but because I was looking long-term and I was looking for, okay, what is best for me and my spiritual path, which is the only reason I'm here, you know, and it's bigger than having a relationship. A relationship's wonderful to support that, but I couldn't be living my life the way I had with the old um, paradigm of this the old way of living so it was this newer way of looking to the future and saying okay and then making sacrifices because saturn is also about sacrifices so you know saturn in in the sign of um aquarius yeah what kind of sacrifices do you need to make to build the kind of future you want to build and and being in tribe and being in community because that's also an aquarian aquarian ideal you know so uh coming into community with other people of like mind so all of these things were at play for me so i i just you know by using wise planning and really looking and reflecting deeply for Saturn being in retrograde now, this is the time where we, the both planets, right? Saturn and Uranus are both retrograde. So there's enormous amount of reflection going on. Hey, there's six planets retrograde right now. Everything's, <laughs> and the whole dang solar system is practically retrograde. So this is a huge amount of reflection and looking back um, and, and contemplation because it will go direct in what, about a month? 
Saturn will go direct again. Uranus won't go direct again until um, the middle of January, but um, but Saturn will. So this is definitely a time where we're checking in and really deciding what is the kind of future I want and what what foundations support me and what foundations no longer support. And then the sacrifice of like for me, I had I gave up that relationship because I could see that it wasn't supporting me for where I wanted to go for my future. So I hope that helped. I'm going to wrap this up by saying um, the new moon through the houses. But before I do, I want to share with you this um, wonderful, the Sabian symbol for this new moon cycle. It is um, a, it's a, with your divinatory symbols. They're kind of like tarot symbols. Uh, the Sabian symbol for three degrees of Libra and certain number of minutes, you actually look for four degrees because zero counts as the first degree in astrology. So this particular divination symbol is called around a campfire, a group of young people sit in spiritual communion. And it talks about the necessity to unite with kindred spirits as one enters unbeaten paths illuminated by the still insecure light of a dawning intuition of new values. I feel that's so apropos for what's about to occur. As you've been hearing me say many times, this is definitely the winds of change blowing starting in September, really building momentum, moving into Mars retrograde next month, and of course, eclipse season. And there's an enormous amount in the next four to six weeks of shifting and changing. Um, I can also talk a little bit about that with, um, well, let me finish this first. Um, it says here, as one partially visionary leader said a few years ago, beaten paths are for beaten men. The urge to create a new society and respond to new values leads the pioneer to the wilds, which represent the state of planetary possibility. In other words, the as yet uncultured, the virgin forest. Around the fire of a common dedication, or at least a common hope, minds and bodies can commune, forming a chalice or grail, like the holy grail, for the reception of creative inspiration. At this fourth stage of this fivefold sequence of phases of development, we find as usual a hint of technique if a new society is to be built, those who yearn for it, or perhaps who have envisioned its outlines, should commune. But communion is useless where no central fire burns, inspiriting the group, right? So it's crucial that we have a fire, a, a place of light that we can all agree on and gather around that really, you know, from our hearts, what calls us forth to come together with others of like mind. So anyway... So much for that. Let me just jump over to the, um, I just wanna pull up uh, the chart again for uh, the USA transits. As you can see here, this transit is happening right on the midheaven of the United States of America. Here's the Sibley chart and the um, inner ring is, is, is the USA and this is the outer ring. Here's the new moon and I see MC. So this is definitely, uh, having a big effect where our, our standing in the world, our, our reputation, uh, of course, you're thinking about agreements with 
uh, loyalties and agreements are, are very loud in this conversation. Um, of course, we've got that opposition with Jupiter, which can rule the justice system, criminal justice, or just rights and, and the law. So we have this um, balance and integration going on, finding our own truth, finding our sovereign truth connected with the law, our hopes in 11th house of hopes, dreams, and wishes. The 11th house also in, a, in mundane astrology, it rules um, the stock exchange as an organization. It rules, um, it corresponds to friends and allies of the nation and also legislative branches of government like Congress, the Senate, the House of Representatives. Um, also it rules the vice president. Um, it, rules local governments, it rules uh, politics, legislation, you get the picture, associations, community groups. Um, it's, it's our desires, our purposes, our projects. So it, also the treasury. So Venus, when you think about too, uh, it, Libra, you know, Venus is, is money, money in the bank and our personal finances. So all of these things coming into play. It's interesting because I just read President Biden um, Cam is this new legislation that's addressing fraud with campaign finance reform. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting because guess what? This is in opposite. Here's Venus, the ruler of this lunation, is right on top of just past Neptune, the USA Neptune, which rules on the shadow side of Neptune is fraud, right? So here it is, this desire to address these shadow elements here and to come up with an ideal, the positive side of Neptune, of course, is what is the ideal solution? What is the ideal solution for, for money, right? For contributions, cash and money contributions regarding financial law, other things too. I see this also, especially with our us, the United States, being in a Neptune opposition, which was since last year, it's been on and off in, in direct opposition, but um, when you think about the opioid crisis and fentanyl and, and all of the suicide, very, very sad, mental health, people being very worn down and depressed from having gone through three years, almost three years of this pandemic. Um, and so this is um, where we are addressing these things. So we, we might be seeing announcements too around maybe major announcements that Biden might make or the US at large around the um, mental health, opioid, you know, prescription abuse, uh, fraud, et cetera, mental health issues and caring really, uh, you know, in healthcare, right? Because Virgo, it's all about health and healthcare and self-care. So look for that as well during this lunation. Uh, let's see, that's USA's chart. Um, also, in, in it's as you can see here, Mars making this square with Neptune, transiting Mars, transiting Neptune in the fourth house of the US, and also Biden's chart. He's got the same, pretty much within a few degrees, the same placements. And so this might be some, um, you know, this desire to move ahead and embrace and make these inroads with um, communication, with, with our commerce, conversations around commerce. When you think about Mercury rules commerce, God of transportation, right? It's little winged sandals, you know, like the ultimate transportation device. Anyone have a pair of winged sandals that want to give me, got a spare, happy to take them. I'll make them fit, you know, winged sandals. Yay. Don't have to put gas in the tank. Anyway, um, hello, officer. I was just on my way to, yeah, oh, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, you gotta be silly, right? I'm wrapping it up. I promise. Um, the um, this so this this whole um, directly the, the square with um, with square with Gemini, you know, with with the Neptune. It's like okay, we have these ideals, but then we have we're contending with our desire to really get out there and open up conversations and things. But we have to address, you know, is this wishful thinking? Uh, are we deluding ourselves? We have to really, we have to balance our visions with what's really essential and, you know, can this really go? Especially since next month, anything we decide that's going to is, you know, the cat's meow, guess what? Next month when Mars stations retrograde, we're going to have to rethink that. So it is, a, it can be a, a time of potential confusion, but just allow, allowing our higher selves and our desire for the ideal situation to emerge, you know, keep our focus on that and stay centered. I think we'll, we'll move through it very beautifully. That is my hope, desire, and wish. So anyway, um, now let's just finish by talking about where does this occur? Where does this new moon occur in your chart? So the new moon through the houses, if you have Libra rising, this new moon is going to be in your first house, which is your physical body, your personality, character, um, health, well, you know, illness, if you have <laughs> the opposite of health. And so um, opportunities uh, abound for um, a new beginning with our appearance, um, with, you know, and our self versus the opposite sign of, of Aries, right? Self and others, you know, working out relationship um, issues and things. So uh, that's Libra rising, Virgo rising. This will be in your second house, which is about personal resources, your talents, your skills, personal possessions, the things that are important to you, um, personal finance, cash in the bank. So maybe about being astute and having productive conversations around those, excuse me, those topics. Uh, Leo rising, this is going to be in your third house, which is in the new moon in the third would be about a big focus about communication and um, education and maybe reaching out relationships with neighbors, relationships with your siblings, cousins, in-laws, relatives would figure very prominently. Even short distance travel, maybe making peace and, and enjoying life from some short trips, things of that nature. Uh, cancer rising, it's just going to be in your angular. It's a fourth house, angular, big, right? It has a loudspeaker element to it when we have new moons and angular houses. So this is a new beginning regarding things revolving around your family, your family roots, genealogy, um, perhaps um, your relationships with your family members, uh, with, with the conversations that you have and agreements that you might have around land, land and real estate as well. Um, can, uh, cancer rising, this would be, I'm sorry, um, that was Cancer rising. Uh, Gemini rising, this is in your fifth house, which is around love, love and sex and romance. <laughs> um, also projects, creative projects, uh, the house of pleasure, adventure, uh, children, fertility, you know, what creative, what beauty and art can you create um, with your romance, with your love life, <laughs> with, or what are you in love with? And, um, you know, using this lunation to explore and proclaim and celebrate beauty in those areas. 
Um, we have in the sixth house, if you're if you're a Taurus rising, this is going to occur in your sixth house, which is about work and service and duty and your daily routine. Um, I think new beginnings, new agreements regarding work and your day job. Um, maybe if you have employees or you are an employee, so that, you know, employee um, conversation and, uh, you know, co having constructive conversations around um, work topics. Um, and also health too, health and illness and just, you know, self-care and looking at that as, as that all plays into it. Uh, Aries is another angular house. Aries, if you are Aries rising, this is occurring in your seventh house of partnership, long-term partnership, business or marriage partnerships or, um, or collaborations with others. So maybe creating beautiful art with, with your loved one or a partner or embarking on new creative ventures that involve art and love and beauty and harmony and um, with with another counseling to clients it can, it can rule clients too so you know the focus on creating harmonious situations with clients and um, people that we collaborate with uh, Pisces of you Pisces rising cowgirls, cowboys, non-binary starseeds, and intergalactic beings. This will be in your eighth house. The eighth house, ooh, boogity boogity, of the eighth house is an intense house. It's about facing deep fears and unconscious fears and transforming through, through crisis, transforming and regenerating oneself, coming into a new place. Um, it also rules the res resources of others. So um, it's self being the second house, self personal resources, eighth house is other people's money, inheritances, wills, estates, trusts. So maybe there's some new agreements and new conversations to be had with, you know, your loved ones around these topics like death and inheritance and things of that nature. Also, the eighth house is like soul, the soul bonds, the bonds that we have with others that tie us to others, you know, like this karmic soul bond that what we what we owe others on a, not, not necessarily a, on a physical money owe, but like what we owe from our soul or what they owe us. So that might be some new openings in that regard, in that area for all of you Pisces rising. Aquarius rising, it's in your ninth house. And the ninth house is around um, higher education, occult wisdom, travel, philosophy, foreign cultures, foreigners. Maybe you take a trip somewhere, a beautiful, pleasant trip. Um, but maybe you might work. It might be a work, you know, with Venus and Virgo as the uh, starting the, the uh, lunation with Venus and Virgo and Venus in, in, uh, in that work sign maybe it's a working vacation or a working holiday or a work trip but it's beautiful and you i don't know you take your laptop to tuscany and have some wine as you're online why not <laughs> um anyway uh then you have a 10th house is um capricorn for capricorn rising this is in your 10th house which is in your career house your public reputation it also rules authority figures and bosses. So you have some new opportunities there available for creating um, beauty and harmony and agreement with authority figures, bosses, the public, your public image. Maybe you're going to be starting out on a new, a new image, a new way of being seen out in the world. Um, Sagittarius rising is you have this um, 
if you have, uh, if you are Sagittarius rising, it's in your 11th house, which is about groups and colleagues, uh, group, uh, group organizations, tribes, groups of people, friends, allies, colleagues, maybe professional colleagues, all of the above. It also is a, it speaks to our um, joy of Jupiter in in ancient astrology. So it, it speaks to this magnanimous, this our hopes and optimism and our wishes and dreams for for the future and what we want to achieve. So this is a beautiful opportunity for you guys in that area to collaborate maybe with friends and groups of people of like mind. And then Scorpio rising. This is in your 12th house, which is the house of the joy of Saturn. So this is a deeply contemplative house. It is where we pull ourselves away from the world and go on the inner planes and cultivate beauty and art. Um, today, when, when we uh, did our, our uh, with Lindsay Natale and uh, Rachel, when we did the conversation around the Libra archetype, she said uh, <clears throat> Lindsay's uh, favorite music is these this beautiful uh, Gregorian chants and things. Well, she has Libra in her twelfth ruling her twelfth house. So um, this is she said how she loves the music of Hildegard von Bingen, who was a Christian mystic. She was a nun in the medieval times in like the year eleven hundred or something. But she left behind an incredible body of work and some of the first work that was actually written like she she wrote, you know, like gave herself credit for, I guess at that time, most of this work was anonymously done, but she, she started a thing going here, putting her name on it and um, beautiful, like um, singing, you know, the Gregorian chant and very, very transcendent music. So this would be a great time to be, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, music that just takes you deeply into these transcendent states, whether they are the Gregorian chants or it could be, you know, hey, Aboriginal music, you know, you ever listen to like the one note, did you do? Like, I love Astarius, he's a great uh, artist in that regard. So. It's all these really super trippy transcendental. Um, you might like John Seri, S-E-R-R-I-E. -R -R -E. He's a beautiful, um, you know, I don't what do they call that? Ambient music. That would be another great place to to listen to music and in silence and in contemplation and being alone and you know, your girl cave or guy cave or non non-binary being cave, your cave, period, right? <laughs> Who cares what our gender is? We're all limitless souls anyway, right? But we'll really remember it when we're listening to this transcendental music. If you've got, even if you're not a Scorpio rising, that's okay. Just go listen to that transcendental music and it'll take you somewhere. Create more art and by listening and creating and listening to art and embodying that music and poetry and such and dance and just getting caught up in all this, we can... Uh, certainly what that fills us with, we exude to the rest of the world. So makes a very nice uh, Libra lunation. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and got value out of it. Please um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We are so grateful. It really helps our channel. And by the way, I'm having a sale for the next seven days. Oh my goodness. Well, until uh, it'll be till 11.30 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, September 27th. 
um, where um, twenty percent off a session. So, because we got lots coming up, you know, we got we got to get you ready for the eclipse season, Mars retrograde, Pluto going into Aquarius. Oh my God, we are going to have a huge next year. It's like super, super amazing, unprecedented, but in a good way. So, um, anyway, the past is prologue. Now comes Miller time. No, it's just uh, no. It is going to be a, a pretty amazing year, and um, so getting all set with an empowering mindset about how to move and grab our gifts and how we face our challenges and um, difficulties, but creating an empowering mindset around that. That's all I do with astrology. Right, we're here to empower and um, bring out you know, have you live your best life? So that's what it's all about. So we can help you in any way with that. We are so grateful. Anyway, that's all for now. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so very much. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening. Namaste.